you're listening to the Carers Inc. podcast, bringing you weekly episodes full of information used for unpaid carers in Eastern Martinshire. So grab a coffee or a tea and enjoy the episode. So thank you for joining us and downloading our podcast. I'm John, I'm your host, and uh, joining me as always is Katie. Hello, John. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Keeping busy. How are you doing? I'm I'm okay. I had a few days off last week, so I got a bit of a break. But it's good to be back doing these podcasts. It's absolutely a good opportunity to chat to people and and of course to yourself. Thank you, thank you. And I just got to say that the uh, the week I had off uh, and uh, uh, when you took the took the reins was fantastic. It's nice to listen to it and not being in part of it <laughs> for a change. <laughs> uh, so okay, Katie, we've got we've got quite a a, a program for today. Um, something we've been planning for a while um, and uh, it's part two of the uh, series that we started um, back in May uh, when we had Mandy Fern come, come along and talk about um, looking after your health and well-being during lockdown and we said we would, uh, we would uh, dig a bit deeper into the subject and, and look at other associated subjects in that series and, and we reached out to um, Vivian. Uh, Vivian Tennant from the health improvement team, um, and uh, and so she agreed to uh, uh, come in and, and and do an interview. And of course, things have happened <laughs> as they always do, and uh, it took a wee bit of time to get organised. But, but thankfully, we got that, and we um, we recorded an interview, didn't we, uh, Katie? We did. We had a really good chat with 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 Vivian about you know what mental health is, how you recognise that it's it's not good or it is good, and and what steps you can do to maybe change how you feel about things. So it was really, yeah, it was a really interesting conversation. So we'll, we'll, we'll listen to that now and then we'll come back and talk more about uh, some more resources and things and uh, later on. And just to say, if you've missed the last one, you can hear the chat we had with Mandy Ferncombe in episode 11. So with that, let's um, play the interview. So w- welcome, Vivian. How are you doing? Hi. Fine. I'm absolutely fine, thank you. So, um, I suppose we, we want to say that, um, uh, just for the sake of our listeners, could you just describe a wee bit about what you do and uh, who is Vivian Tennant? Who is Vivian Tennant? Vivian Tennant, so I'm at this current precise moment, I work for the Public Health Improvement Team for Eastern Bartonshire Health and Social Care Partnership. Um, predominantly I work um, within the team and my role is um, one of the seniors and I work um, with the remit of, of mental health and well-being. Um, so that can be for me quite a strategic role in terms of writing action plans and supporting or writing strategies um, for East Dunbartonshire in support of NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde. Um, or it can it can be operational type work. Um, I could be doing some training on on different mental health uh, components. Um, and basically, we work as part of the the public health improvement team. And what that means is we generally generally tend to concentrate on the whole population on a, a life course. So that means from pre birth right up to death. But it's a universe. It's, it's what we call um, the the population to try and keep them well, to prevent um, any illness, et cetera, et cetera. 
So obviously, um, it's it's quite a large task, and but we do that with um, in partnership with a variety of colleagues, both within council, within the NHS, and within variety of you know third sector, etc. Like yourself, so we work with a huge amount of people, the police, the fire service, etc. And Vivian, that's that's you normally. Obviously, we're not in the most normal of times at the moment. No. <laughs> so, so how no. has COVID nineteen and, and lockdown how has that affected your role? So my role changed has changed in the last wee while. Um, at the moment, as a public health response for NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde, I've been reassigned. Part of my role has been reassigned to um, deal with contact tracing. I'm a case manager for the contact tracing support service. Um, that obviously some of you have seen um, advertised on TV. Um, so we basically um, identify a, a positive person through testing and then follow up um, how, they're, how they're doing via a phone, how they're doing, um, if they're needing further support. And also we follow up their contacts, who they've been in contact with. Um, to stop, try and stop and isolate the spread of the virus further. Yeah, John and I were, were really interested when you told us that earlier. And we've listeners, we have already asked Vivian if she will come back and or someone will come back and talk to us about track and trace. Absolutely, because <laughs> I think that's something that's going to be really useful going forward. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was thinking, you know, um, just to maybe start off in our subject today about um, talking about stress and anxiety, just to maybe go through a few of the basic things first um, and then we'll sure. probably come back to sort of the sort of the here and now and and the impact just now so so I suppose kick off with um so how do, how do you how do we know when we're stressed or anxious what should we be looking out for so it's a that's a really good question because um stress is a normal part of day-to-day -day life um and sometimes it can be good sometimes it, it so when we wake up in the morning etc um, there's a hormone called um, the hormone that is is sparked off, and in our bodies, and it helps us get up in the morning. It get it helps us. Uh, it's a bit like a cup of coffee. It gets us going in the morning, and it sorts us out and starts to help us um, just just get our day started. It's called cortisol, um, and sometimes and and certain in the main cortisol is a really useful hormone to be released in your body. Um, as I say, it, it keeps you going, et cetera, et cetera, a bit like a coffee. Um, however, if we experience too much cortisol, that can that can become quite damaging, both our physical and mental health. Um, now, so usually um, a, a factor can make us quite stressed. And, and it's usually fairly easy to pinpoint stress factors within your life. And if they're not resolved, then they become problematic. So, for example, if you have a um, financial burden, I get, let's go back to COVID-19. Some of the financial stressors that are happening now may be long term, possibly. Um, and so, therefore, um, that can become quite a stressful situation for somebody to try and sort out. Likewise, if you have relationship problems, um, they can become long term or um, addiction problems, they can become long-term, et cetera, et cetera. So they can become stressors in our life and can cause other problems in life with regards to physical and, and mental health. So key message, stress is good, stress is normal, as, as long as you can pinpoint that stressor and as long as it's not long-term. Um, if we can sort out the, the issue that's causing us stress, then 
we usually don't then suffer from anxiety um, on a long-term basis. If, if that stress isn't pinpointed or solved and it keeps going on or we don't learn co coping mechanisms, we then may become anxious. This is very general. We may become quite anxious about different things um, and that can lead to more complicated mental health problems. And just to just to follow that up, um, just to dig in a wee bit deeper there, um, so you're saying stress is good and stress is bad, but is is how how important is the, the sort of our attitude towards it? I think if you realise what in terms of stress, people say they feel stressed all the time. Usually, you know, we hear that term all the time: feeling quite stressed today. It might be a busy day at work. It might be a, day, a busy day looking after kids. It might be a busy day in relation to to, to carers, etc. Maybe they've had extra tasks to do. Um, so it can be a stressful day in inverted commas. Um, but when that stress becomes more long term and more long lasting, that can become a problem, and that can then start to affect health. And are there any physical signs that we should look out for? You know, is there anything that we we can say? Yes, because obviously we we all know that the immediate oh I'm stressed and but is there anything that happens if and it's long then it becomes long term that we should be looking out for? Yeah, absolutely. So um so first of all, um sleep changes, sleep pattern changes, maybe not being able to go to sleep as quickly as normal, um worrying um quite a lot about the situation. Um yeah, so A difficulty falling asleep or B insomnia. Um, maybe not taking care of yourself as normal, uh, maybe not eating particularly well can, can also um, be a, an effect of too much stress and anxiety, but also um, can, can certainly cause stress anxiety. You may find that you're drinking, smoking, um, perhaps taking, taking drugs on a more regular um, occasion. Um, you could feel um, you might start to lose connectedness with people um, not want to talk to people, et cetera, et cetera. And th those are all the, the kind of main stress points you'd be looking at um, to know that things are maybe, there's a bit of an imbalance there. So kind of not eating well, not sleeping well, difficulty falling asleep, difficulty with insomnia, not being able to concentrate particularly well, um, drinking more, smoking more, maybe taking drugs, um, of all types and and yeah just just generally not feeling yourself um yeah um, another question i've got is um you know i know some people get a real buzz out of situations which have some danger attached to them and uh, I'm, I'm just wondering why that is like adrenaline so yeah so when, when you're stressed um we often so we can look at it as a fight or flight response so um, I'm trying to think of a good example. So if you're scared about something, if, if something scares you, your body automatically kicks into fight or flight response. You're either going to fight it or you're going to run. So I think sometimes adrenaline um, kicks in. And so if in the middle of a, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, say, for example, a presentation, you're about to do a presentation and you're going to be nervous and you're going to be worried. If adrenaline will start to kick in um, it, to some point, and, and hopefully we'll get through that presentation for work, exam, for example. So that fight or flight response can, can be a um, motivator to get you going. Uh, is, is this idea that 
that stress can uh, be a, a, an aid to performance, um, that it can get us through, and, you know, that, um, um, so that, the, you know, I, I can think of a, an experience we had earlier in the year, Katie, you know what I'm talking about, when we did a fire walk, <laughs> and, uh, what? Oh, yeah. so uh-huh. we did we did a fire walk and and the, the the sort of fear factor at the beginning was was like huge and then when you actually did it um it was the the feeling of elation and a sense sense of accomplishment was absolutely massive um yeah i can't imagine that must be that must be an amazing experience a really amazing experience yeah no no absolutely and and, and that nervousness you would have felt would have been absolutely normal, completely normal. I'd have been terrified personally, but you know, absolutely normal. Um, nervousness, feeling really unsettled, etc. But then, because it was a challenge and adrenaline, um, as well as, as well as just absolutely focusing on the task in hand, is what will would get you through that. So you may not have necessarily felt stressed as such, but um, absolutely nervous. Very, anxious to a point absolutely but it's so yeah so that can be really helpful and that fight or flight situation can be really helpful to get you motivated and get you going through a firework absolutely very impressive but it's this long-term situation that that we would be looking at yes it's it's the difference between short-term stress which is motivating and long-term stress which has other effects as well as i say um that that kind of cortisol that that cortisol hormone in the morning kind of peak starts to peak and you start your your kind of performance for the day almost. Um, but it's when you it's when you have to kind of switch that cortisol off. I mean, obviously not physically switch off, but when you come back from work or a situation um, or just day to day life, there's got to be a point in which that cortisol level has to has to drop significantly for you to be able to relax um, and then ready for the next day to be ready for the next day. So your cortisol levels drop and you start to sleep. You know, you're sleeping, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, so you need it to be, there's times where your cortisol hormone will be at peak times and then it will drop naturally because you're you're more relaxed, you're feeling less anxious, etc. Et and, and have you noticed, obviously with COVID, there's a lot of people have, with different different things happening to them and have you noticed that whether stress levels generally have, have gone up during the epidemic, has there been, or pandemic, sorry, give it its right words, have, has there been any evidence of that at all? Yeah, I think I think people are generally feeling a lot more stressed. I think there's different components to that stress. So, um, so for example, there will be people that will be. There's a huge amount of worry at the moment that people are worried about their jobs. There'll be people worried about shielding. There'll be people worried about even going back into normal life. There's people worried about going back to work. People worried about kids going back to school, etc. people looking forward to kids going back to school. So yeah, absolutely, we've, we've, we've changed um, the, the, the worry um, related to COVID-19, will we ever get rid of this? Um, the, the, the worry related to COVID-19 um, and mental health disorders, we know, um, or people accessing mental health um, helplines, etc. have increased, we, we know that. And um, just uh, to, we've talked about um, stress, and we've talked about anxiety and how we how we recognise it and its effects. What can we actually do? What what sort of things uh, uh, can we do to help get our cortisol levels down and or even plan for the longer term? So this that's a really really good question, and I'm sure everybody will will hopefully know some um, tips 
and but to go through them um is 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 really good because it helps you just to be mindful of when you're noticing these these um potential stress um or anxiety triggers and how we can control that now i'm by no means an expert and as i said at the beginning of the chat this is about keeping our population healthy obviously if stress levels get so much then we do have to seek professional help absolutely if anyone's ever feeling um suicidal then we need to seek professional help from gps and other professional hospital services um, so we need to take that caveat so th this is just a general um discussion around people who at this time are feeling stressed absolutely understandable complete or, or anxious about the future absolutely understandable but how we can when that feeling gets too much how we can kind of pull it back and go right okay how do we calm ourselves down here so there's lots of different ways um, so I think the first start for, for life really is looking at steps to kind of mental health and well-being. So what are the, the clear steps that we can take, um, the five good steps that we can take to, to good mental health and well-being? And the first one for that would be to connect with people. Now, at, the po at this point during COVID-19, that has been really difficult for people. You know, we've had to do it virtually. Some people have had to learn really quickly how to do that virtually, and for others, just have never experienced this before so that's been difficult but keeping connected in general to people to communities is really really important um, in terms of your of good mental health so keeping keeping connected in some way or the other um, is really important um my my, my next door neighbor is uh, quite disabled um, and she's pretty much stuck upstairs most days unless she, unless she gets she can get downstairs with her husband's help etc and um, some some of the street have been she's she's been isolated for a long time now and some of the street have been getting together and she's at managing to get herself her husband's managing to get to get down the stairs um, with her stair lift and everything and she's managed to have a conversation because sometimes it, it's fine to speak on the phone but sometimes you just have to have that so within obviously within a two meter distance etc she'll sit on the doorstep and um, just at the front door and she said that's made a huge difference to her at the moment massive difference so keeping connected is really important and that will go with my, with my next door neighbor for example that's going to have to be ongoing and um, because her disability um, doesn't allow her to go outside very much so it's really really important that this is ha that, that happens for her and um, just now virtual yeah it's 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 good when it works etc but first message keep connected friends family work colleagues second i would say is trying to be physically as physically active active as you can now that's not to say we have to jog run 15 kilometers a day not at all um, that means trying to do something every day which will help you, your mental health. Physical, we know that there's such a strong correlation between physical activity and good mental health. Now that might just be, if you have, having a walk in the garden, walking around the garden a few times. Um, and, and it also falls into mindfulness as well, because when you're not, when you're physically active, you're not necessarily thinking of anything. You might just be thinking about what you're doing, where you're walking, the surroundings that you, you have around you. So being physically active is really important and, and goes hand in hand with good mental health. 
But as I say, I'm going to reiterate, that doesn't mean you have to run 15 kilometres. It doesn't mean you have to go cycling for 20 kilometres. It just means, for me, getting outside is, is, is really, really good for me to be able to get outside, even if it's just in the garden. I've been self-isolating for three months. So um, obviously that's lifted slightly, but for me, I was lucky enough to have a garden and just being outside in the garden um, taking deep breaths really, really helps me because at some points it's been really difficult. Um, it's been really difficult. I think I think just to follow that up, there's been quite a few people who are on the shielding list who might not have a garden. Um, yeah. And uh, and and I think that that, that must be very difficult. Um, um, okay, so thinking about what they can do from home then. Um, so what what kind of what kind of physical activity can you do? Sometimes. However ridiculous it might sound, cleaning, a bit of dusting, if you can hoover, if you can do anything like that to keep your mind occupied, to get up and to get moving, even a bit of chair exercises works really, really well. Something to keep moving, something to keep you moving. But um, housework for me is is not it's not the most the, the ideal physical activity I'd want to be doing. But in times that I've been uh, shielding, that's been a bit of a that's been a bit of a, a winner for me, to be honest, because it's just about getting yourself physically active so you're thinking about something else. And I think it's really difficult at the moment because in a previous job, we always used to say, in the, when the adverts come on, get up and go and make a cup of tea or go and do something or just move about. Yeah. But now the ad, you get things and they don't have adverts in them. So you could go for an hour, you know, watching a television program and, and, and not moving around. So it's maybe even pressing the pause button and going and making a cup of tea or absolutely. doing something no, like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Because I think, yeah, we're all getting caught up with, with different Netflix and everything in different series. You're absolutely right. And we're maybe sitting in an evening not moving for potentially two to three hours um but even getting up and doing a wee stretch etc it, it works wonders it works around taking a deep breath um you know in and out a few times and um yeah stretching can make a big difference but if you can move in some way that's always a be benefit um if you can't get outside um i think as well um during this time there's been a lot of conversations about learning new skills because that builds self-confidence. Now, I'm not suggesting for one minute you have to go and learn a brand new language or go and do a nuclear physics or something. I'd not, not for, but, but reading a new book, reading, you know, you know, could you learn knitting? Could, could you do something that would that would um, enhance your self-confidence during um, to keep you mentally active and just to keep you mentally strong and to build your self-confidence? Because a lot of um, a lot of what we need to do is build our own self-confidence and be confident that you that you are learning something new and it, that's a that's a really key point as well so it's keeping your mind busy as well so anything you can think of so as I say from reading a newspaper to reading a book learning something new sometimes the internet is a is a is a wonderful 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 resource that can take you places that you you, you know you wouldn't know you were going you going to go to so just what else can we learn what can we learn new skills I don't knit. I, don't I do. I can. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I tried to I teach. I tried to teach my daughter to knit, and it wasn't till I tried to teach her to knit that I realised how tricky it was. <laughs> I know. I can't do it. I cannot do it. But yeah. So even things like, do you know, even things like colouring in, 
I know this sounds ridiculous, but I, I love colouring in. And I realise now at my age that that is actually something that really works for me. So I'm always very keen when my daughter says, please do some colouring in. And I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. I love colouring in. Yeah, and there, you, can get, you can get books now, adult mm -hmm. colouring and mindful yeah. colouring. That's something we, we've done, we've done with carers. And, and, uh, you know, which, is, which is a skill in itself. Uh, yeah, because it's tiny. <laughs> It's tiny. I've got a couple of books, but I, but you know things like that are are really good. Writing poetry, nobody has to read it. <laughs> the other thing is um, about about kind of keeping yourself um, healthy and mentally healthy is about giving to others. Um, and that's not to say it's a it has to be a physical gift. It could be listening to somebody. It could be taking the time to say hello, to smile. Um, I, 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 there's a book that I got my daughter a long time ago called Filling Your Bucket. And have you filled somebody's bucket today? And it's always, it's all about being kind to others and how you can be a bucket filler or you can be a bucket emptier. And um, it's a lovely book. It's a really lovely book and a very, very simple book about how your actions can either fill somebody's bucket or empty somebody's bucket. And that's a bit about around um, gratitude and being thankful for what you have. Now, I know that that can be very difficult for people, um, but sometimes turning things around, giving to others, listening to others, etc., can help you as well. Instead of thinking about what you necessarily don't have, sometimes listening to others is it can be can be a bit of a, change in that can can you make you change that in, in your attitude um i won't lie i've gone through quite a, a significant health issue for for quite a long time and sometimes sometimes what makes me feel better is somebody else moaning and the first thing some about their problems and the first thing somebody will say is oh but i can't moan to you and i go no please just moan to me <laughs> because it's really nice to think about other things i know it sounds stupid but it sometimes can make me feel much better absolutely and we've we, we've uh, experienced that with the uh, uh, carers who have um, wanted to give back uh, during this time, mm -hmm. and we've had two who are helping older carers getting online, uh, which is fantastic. Brilliant, and that's given them purpose, and 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 I, I'm sure it really helps their mental health. Um, I think a question I'd like to kind of um, put to you is: obviously, this podcast is about um, unpaid carers and get people looking after someone in their homes. Um, and and very much they've been the unsung heroes of of this pandemic pandemic um and and a lot of them have have certainly told us and those of us that, that are on the phones that they've had quite a stressful and uh, an anxious time you know they may have lost a loved one or they can't visit uh, the loved ones because they're in the care home um is there anything you know carer specific that you can think of that would help them uh, cope better yeah, it's, I mean, every, obviously everyone's very, very different. Um, and I would hope that those steps that I've outlined, they may be in, some of them may be in a position to do a few of them, some of them, and take information from that. Um, I appreciate that some will be through, up through the night and so their sleeping patterns will be poor. So we look at sleeping and I know we were, think, we're, we're thinking of doing a podcast on sleeping techniques. But uh, I suppose I know myself that um, for me, 
looking at my phone at night time before I go to sleep is not is completely counterproductive to me getting any sort of restless sleep and so sometimes that can make me feel a, a bit stressed in the morning if I've not slept if they are, are up through the night um looking at different techniques to help them settle back into kind of sleep pattern back into sleep and that could be just taking some deep breaths um anything that's in their mind trying to write it down etc to, to try and get better sleep but we'll do a bit a more in-depth um podcast on sleep um so as i say any sort of trying to find any sort of um, the five the five steps i've given you connecting with people telling people can you just listen i just need to have a really good moan about something i'm i'm struggling i'm, I'm struggling now that could be a friend a family member or it could be a website it could be somebody that they can they can go to or go and get advice from um, trying to be physically active as I said um, learning new skills if they've got the time and, and being kinder to themselves as well as I say I'm going to reiterate learning a new skill doesn't that need to be massive it could be cooking something different it could be you know it could be anything reading a, reading a book, book that they, they would normally pick um, giving to others when they can they're already doing that a lot so maybe that wouldn't be something they would follow the other thing is um and we, we hear about mindfulness a huge amount. And I'm not sure if many people really know how to be mindful. And that's about, and mindful isn't complicated. And um, because I think sometimes it's made to be very complicated, but it's not. It's about being present in that moment because most of us will think far in the future. What we're doing next week, what we're doing the week after, what do I have to do tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. But allowing yourself to be present at that moment and try not to think of, you know, try not to think about anything else at that moment. And even if we can spend short time doing that, and over a period of time, it'll get longer and longer. And if you can settle yourself for half an hour about not thinking about anything else, that, that can really help re-energize you. Now, that's sometimes very hard for people. I think we build mindfulness up to be such a huge thing, but basically it's being in the present. Let's not think about anything too far in the future. And taking that time on a daily basis to calm your mind, taking deep breaths. Does that help? Absolutely. I think we really should take this opportunity to promote <laughs> a carers link that we do have a mindful an online mindfulness group that meets every Thursday at 11 o'clock for half an hour and John leads a session and I go along and just enjoy it but so if anyone does does want to to just try it out or we now even have um one of John's sessions on our website and we'll put that that link in the show notes so if anyone wants to see what it's like just get a taster of it they can go along and, and listen to that but yeah mindful something is mindfulness is something Carislink has been promoting for a while yeah. and I think people I think it's I think uh, people that don't know about mindfulness become it becomes very it seems to become very difficult but it's not and it and if you accompany that being present in the moment whether it's for five minutes three minutes taking long deep breaths through your nose and slowly releasing them through your, your mouth that sort of breathing we call it belly breathing so your your actually your belly's actually expanding because you're breathing so deeply that sort of those sort of techniques can really really help um, and i'm sure you've gone through this with um with 
um, your carers as well. But that sort of taking the time to breathe properly can really help and can reduce anxiety and stress at that moment. It's a really, really effective tool to, to do something if you're beginning to, to start feeling anxious or worry, taking a deep breath and, and, and doing that belly breathing can really, really help. I think it's also important to say that it's some people sometimes when they think of mindfulness or breathing exercise thinking oh that's a bit you know new agey but and and and, but the actual this there's now the science to back it up uh, um, and and using the I believe they call it the vagus nerve that that's Mm -hmm, the the, the deep breathing when it comes from the belly from the center that that activates that nerve which is very important for coming down from from a very stressful or anxiety-filled experience. Absolutely. It's a really good, that belly breathing is a really good instant stress reliever, instant anxiety reliever, um, and it is fairly instant. I'm not saying it's going to go away, but that that, um, almost like the rush of adrenaline because of this problem, whatever problem it is, can be uh, controlled slightly. Um, by that deep belly breathing and it's something that I think we all tend to take shallow breath it's just that but but if we learn to do some more belly breathing deep breathing can help loads okay we are we are slowly approaching the end um it's been a it's been a great conversation um I've enjoyed it and we'll we'll get some information from you and we'll put it in the um in the show notes so that people can uh, access that we did that with Mandy last time so so we can get that organized uh, before we, we publish this um, and we've had a kind of a tradition, Katie, don't we, of trying to end the podcast on a on a on a positive, fun note. So the question I got for you, Vivian, is what's the craziest mm-hmm. box set or Netflix series you watched? Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't even have to think about Tiger King. Yes. The Trump one came up. Well, I'm, I'm actually, it's either the Donald Trump one, but that's maybe been a bit mm-hmm. too political. Yeah, definitely Tiger yeah, King. I agree with you there. <laughs> and I'm even concerned more because my husband's been cutting his own hair and he looks like Joe Exotic now. <laughs> and I keep telling him, but he keeps taking his clippers out and I keep saying, you're looking like Joe Exotic. That's this. <laughs> this is getting bad. <laughs> Can I ask the same about you? Sorry? Oh, the same about Can me. I well, I, I would I would say Tiger King. Um, there was a, there's um, I'm trying to think of it. Uh, I've I've actually been watching Ink Master, uh, which is all oh, about right. tattooing and, and competitions and just how crazy the American. I hope I've not got any American listeners, but uh, uh, we've got uh, an American podcast engineer. Yeah, John. yeah. I've just offended her. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Taylor. <laughs> And, and Katie, what about you? What's your favourite box set at the moment? See, I'm not a box set person. I like, well, do you know, the one I do, I have just finished watching is The Good Place. And the reason I like it is because each episode is only 20 minutes long. So, yeah. so I'm not sick because I can't sit for that long. I have to say, I find it, I yeah. actually get physically uncomfortable. So so nice short. But if anyone wants a nice short one that can go anywhere in the, you know, takes you anywhere, The Good Place is, is a good one for that. Like that. Just to reiterate the point that... Um, Stress and anxiety, um, as long as you can pinpoint the cause, are, are fairly normal. But if they are getting out of control, um, you, you would need to seek help. You would need to seek help from your GP um, who are supportive um, and can pass you on um, to different, different services. And we're now looking at, oh, for a long time certainly, we've been looking at um, social prescribing. And that's around, again, looking at connectivity uh, uh, um, when you can, or walking groups. So instead of 
you know, the traditional, okay, how can we help you from a medicine point of view? No, let's let's look at your whole well-being point of view and actually what would make you feel better. Um, so that so that whole social prescribing is a massive part of our work um, as our team as well, as well as, as primary care, our GPs, etc. Um, but just to reiterate a point that if if you feel that you are feeling suicidal, then get help as quickly as you can, as quickly as you can. And that would be through NH phoning your GP, um, you know, phoning any NHS service, they will help you. But um, initially, um, um, GPs, etc. And I also we need to say that it's also where um, breathing space and, uh, breathing and the space, Samaritans yeah. uh, as well. Well, um, that's fantastic, Vivian. And I'd just like to thank you very much for taking part today. Um, no, thank you for inviting and, me. And hopefully you're coming back to talk about sleep, which is something yes. I could do more with. Um, and also, I mean, we are very grateful to the, the, the health improvement team for collaborating with these uh, with this series. And, and we couldn't do it without you. And uh, Oh, no. No, it's been lovely to be invited. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely. Thank you. Okay. And I hope it was helpful. So our thanks once again to Vivian for, for taking the time to come and chat to us about um, all things anxiety and how to cope with it. Um, we really appreciate it. And hopefully we're looking forward to, to coming back and, and hearing Vivian chat about sleep. Um, that's something that I know a lot of people struggle with. Uh, something I'm very good at going to sleep. I'm not so good at staying asleep. So that's that's the help I'll be looking for. Um, so John, we're going to put the resources and, and things that, that Vivian has, has spoken about into the show notes, but is there anything else? Are there any other resources that we could tell people about just now? Yeah, we, we yeah, um, just found out about something today, uh, um, an update from the National Carers Organisations in Scotland. Um, and um, basically it's an offer for free um, uh, CBT groups. Now CBT, for those that don't know it, means uh, cognitive behavioural therapy as a talking therapy, which is very useful for uh, helping people with various things like anxiety and stress and mental health in general. And uh, basically the, the working in partnership with the, the WISE group um, and, uh, and they're basically offering, as I say, these groups and they have a fixed program uh, through the week. And so they, so for example, it's uh, on Mondays, it's living with, living with anger. Tuesdays, it's living with anxiety which kind of ties in with what we've been talking about today. And then Wednesdays, living with depression. Thursdays, loss, grief and bereavement. And Friday is um, uh, addressing domestic abuse. So there's there's various subjects through the day within those um, that people can take part in. And you can you don't have to do it in any order. So you can, you can basically, you can do one week, one session, and one week, the next session. So it's up to you. Um, the uh, email we'll put the email in the the, the show notes, but it's uh, just to read out. It's uh, all the W's, uh, thewisegroup.co.uk forward slash re and then the hyphen connect and then CBT forward slash. But we'll put that in in the in the notes. And you don't have to do all of the sessions, do you, John? You can you can pick and choose as to which one you want to do. So if there's just one topic that you felt you need needed a bit of help with, then you could just attend just one of the sessions absolutely it's completely modular uh, and and driven by the person who needs the help okay so that's this week sorted or it will be by the time you hear this um we now need to think about what's going on next week what our next yeah. podcast is 
So next week we hope we well we will be interviewing um, Karen Heath from Take Control, and she's coming to talk to us a bit about self-directed support and um, all the different options that there are and and the, how Take Control can help you. Yeah, maybe maybe it's useful just to explain to people what who Take Control are. They're, they're an organisation like Carers Link, um, who, but rather than working with unpaid carers, they work with, I suppose, paid carers, personal assistants. So they help people who are employing personal assistants, um, particularly if they're using self-directed support to do that. Um, so it's, it's there are a lot of people need help with things like employment, you know, how to actually be an employer and things like that. So those are the kind of topics that, that they cover. Excellent, Katie. So I'm looking. I'm really, actually really looking forward to that uh, interview or chat uh, with with Karen, and uh, and and we are um, obviously we would st we're still looking for feedback. We're still looking for ideas uh, and people coming on and having a wee chat, um, and uh, just to say one of the comments that we got back from Vivian is she was quite relieved she did <laughs> she did it and and it wasn't quite so bad as she thought. So if you've got a if you've got a story to tell or you want to get involved, um, um, then then let us know. And um, um, we've had a great time working with carers um, and, and doing the doing some of the podcasts. And you, we had the young carers one, uh, which was great, and they really had a fantastic time uh, putting one together. So if you're interested, then then please let us let us know. And uh, Katie, I think that's us um, kind of wrapped up for for that just now. I think it is. Yeah, I think we can. People can be freed off to go and do whatever they want to do, or maybe they're doing stuff while listening to the podcast. Who knows? Absolutely. So whatever you're doing, whatever you are, stay safe, um, stay home if you can, and uh, look after yourselves. Goodbye. The views expressed in this podcast are solely the views of the individual and do not represent the views of Eastern Bancher Health and Social Care Partnership or the NHS.